0: And everyone, welcome back to another episode here of the Awaiting Podcast on PressBasketball.com. My name's Phil, co-host James. You can find us on Twitter at, at... J. Hollis, Hollis Hoops for Mr. James and at Sporting Phil for myself. I know I botched this last time. My apologies, sir. I'm going to get it right this time. Yeah, I
1: mean, you, you botched it, you. it this time, too. How, saying I, how, did
0: I, how did I botch for you? J. At, uh, Hollis Hoops.
1: Yeah, you said Hoops twice, so people would thought my name was like Hoops. You
0: just hoops got me, me nervous something. after last time all killing me after the start. Anyways, we're going to jump into this. You know it's all love. Uh, uh, One guy who has been really balling out of control this year and I feel is getting a little less love than he should is one man Jimmy Butler of the Chicago Bulls. I I was one of those people at the start of the year. I'm not going to lie. I looked at their roster. I said, I don't like what these guys are building. I didn't think they were hitting their threes. I didn't think they had a really good rotation that really maximized each other. Rayjean, Rondo, Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, I, I didn't see it. But you know what? These guys are proving me wrong. Jimmy Butler's actually hitting threes. So is Dwayne Wade on a decent clip. Rondo, maybe, whatever. But were we all just wrong on on this Bulls team, James? Or or are they are going to come crashing back to earth soon?
1: Uh, as usual, I'm not wrong. I think it's going to take time for it to catch up, but I'm not wrong because – I said last year that Jimmy Butler was better than Clay Thompson. I got I got laughed at and boo-hooed a little bit. But people just want to look at one side of the ball at one thing, and Clay is an outstanding shooter. Jimmy Butler is a great all-around player. Um, even last year he ran some point, and I think he was overlooked because the team had been that good the last couple of years. But he's showing this year that, yes, he is a, a premier player in the league, um, and I think he's the difference maker. So I don't think we're wrong about Chicago. The roster obviously is built kind of funky. Uh, Dwayne Wade's already starting to tail off. Rondo's a net negative. He's like a, a net negative nine uh, every game. So, I mean, he's he's not really a difference maker. Difference maker right now is Jimmy Butler's playing like a franchise, all-world type, top-five player. Uh, can he maintain that? Who knows? We saw Paul George play some similar to this last year up until game 20, and then it fell off a cliff. So, yeah.
0: well, although I think it's proving that it was the it was the right decision to get uh, Derrick Rose out of town because it seemed like w- with that kind of hate between them, it was maybe holding him back. And, and and the secret little addition, one of my favorite players in the NBA that doesn't get enough love at all, brought Robin Lopez into the into the mix. And I, and I think that matters. I think he settles an offense.
1: I agree. I I, I said that was a big deal about. You know, I think I actually said I think this summer I think Chicago actually got the worst center when they traded for uh you know, for flop for, for floppy hair uh <laughs> over over Lopez. Because Lopez is a solid, solid player. I mean, and and we don't know what you're gonna get out of um what's what's wrong with me? What's the guy's name?
0: Joakim Noah?
1: Yeah, out of Noah. You never know what you're gonna get out of Noah lately with his health. So um yeah, man. I, I don't I'll say this. I, I can say for right now, sure, Chicago's playing better than we thought they would. Uh, I just don't think they maintain it. I, I I really just don't. I don't see how how Dwayne Wade starts, you know, keeps hitting threes. And uh, I think Rondo's going to be a problem sooner, uh, sooner than later. But this is this is about Jimmy Butler. Uh, the numbers. I mean, right now he's averaging 25, almost 26, seven and four. That's elite, you know, over a steal and a half a game. He's shooting 42 percent from three. He's the one I think is going to maintain it, uh, at least close to someone like that. Because a couple of years ago, he shot I think for at least forty percent from three. He just had a bad year. He had a lot of injuries last year. So um, yeah, man, I think it's not it's it's you can't let's say it. I think he's the best, the second best player in the East right now. Do you agree second, with that?
0: Second best player. Ooh, you're putting him over Paul George. That hurts both of our hearts. I think. But right now, if you're talking about production and just you know putting your money down. Yeah, he's got to be the best two-way player there. I mean, there's a lot of guys coming up, but I think it's LeBron, and there's a big dip after that. But one of the things I was, uh, I, I really wanted to ask is I'm starting to hear Jimmy's name coming up there. And obviously Chicago right now, like if the playoffs started today, would be in the playoffs Is there a way that you can see Jimmy Butler sneaking up there and legitimately being in that conversation for an MVP at the end of the year? Because before I hand it over, a couple things uh, uh, that really make it stick for me. A, he is the dude on his team. A lot of these other guys have real superstars around them. We're talking about Katie, talking about Curry, talking about LeBron, all these dudes. To me, it's kind of like he's the East version of Kawhi Leonard, right? He's taken a team. And I kind of think it's interesting because if you look at the Spurs, you've got a front court with some good mid-range shooters and who can knock it down in terms of Aldridge and Gasol. And then you got a bunch of guards like Simmons, Green, Mills, who can all knock down threes. Whereas in Chicago, yeah, like yeah, they're hitting threes for now. But you have a bunch of mid-range shooters in the backcourt and a bunch of three-point shooters with Mirotić. Uh, I like Bobby Portis. I think he's still like a, a a bit away. But can you see him in that conversation?
1: Um, let's take the records out of it because you know we all know to be a legitimate MVP, you got to finish top four. You know, finish top two. Blah blah blah. I think this season might buck that trend because I mean it's it's going to be a wonky season as far as as far as MVP type guys and stats and 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 records. So. I definitely think he can be Uh, if he keeps playing, you know, I guess on this level, what you can't keep out of the conversation. The only thing I will keep out of the conversation is if Chicago doesn't make the playoffs, which I still think is a definite possibility. We're we're so early in the season. It's hard to know. But um, if we're just projected from what we see right now, then yeah, hands down, he's in that conversation. Um,
0: So you think, okay, how about if they finish like seventh? You think really they'll make that stretch this year? Uh, Like, let's say, These numbers we see right now maintains every single never, every every single stat he's doing this come end of season, and they're seventh. You think, uh, like, they could really buck the trend at that point, even though there are six teams in the East, uh, let alone the West?
1: I don't think they can. You know what I mean? Uh, No, I I don't. It's, and I, I kind of agree with this one, even though it's, I go back and forth because, sure. If you're the MVP, you can be like say you take him off that team, the numbers he's putting up, and you can say, all right, this will be the worst team in the league, and he has him in the seventh seed. That's value. That's definitely value. Mm-hmm. But it's just really hard to to not look at overall record and saying these, you know, how valuable is how valuable how valuable is it really when your value doesn't even you know lead to to, to upper echelon uh, as a franchise. Mm-hmm. So I get it. I get it. that's why people look at record and team and. It, does it suck for guys who play MVP caliber and their team just aren't very good? Of course it does, but that's on the GM. That's not on the player. So I wouldn't give him MVP if he finished seventh. But I mean, you can still you can still look at a guy and applaud him for having an MVP type season without him really being a legit MVP.
0: Yeah, and I know I can see that. But okay, if you can you see him in a conversation where like where people are legitimately putting him in Kawhi Leonard. Like, side to side. Because if you look at numbers-wise, you've got to look. I mean, obviously, Kawhi is playing all-world defense. But Jimmy Butler's no slouch, right? And, oh,
1: I think right. You look at numbers-wise, I'm putting him right there as a the top-five type player right now. Yeah. Hands okay. down. The, uh, the, the, the discussion comes, though, with longevity. We've seen a natural progression with Kawhi where every year he gets a little bit adds more. Jimmy Butler kind of burst on the scene last year. And now this year, it's like... So let's see him have sustained excellence, which is the same thing with Kawhi, right? Kawhi wasn't a 20-point score until last year. So let's see sustained excellence from Jimmy Butler before we really kind of put him in that echelon. But, yeah, for sure. I mean, right this very second snapshot in time, there's there's like, there's like LeBron, there's KD, there's Anthony Davis, and then who else? Who else is really balling right now? Um, Steph Curry. Maybe, uh, Steph, Steph too, but, I mean, if we're, we're talking right now snapshot in time, I'm putting Jimmy Butler – just yeah, behind, yeah, like, hand, yeah, hands down behind those three guys, as far as Col- uh, J- going to be James LeBron. Harden,
0: if you're just looking at stats. That's
1: well, it's not just stats. I'm talking about all-around game, and we can well, say Harden's playing great right now. He still doesn't play defense.
0: Well, there's are still fans. You know yeah, no, I get you there. Because i was saying like they're obviously in the playoffs, and he's he's leading the league in assists, up there in points. Um, so it's a tough combination. But like I think we both like guys who play both sides of the ball, and and it was interesting because um. One of the first times we spoke, we were testing out this show. We were talking about best two guards, and I remember, yeah, you were killing me for picking Clay over Harden. And then, like, we kind of bypassed Butler in that conversation, going one to one. But I, it's funny because you got me watching much more tape and many more Bulls games, and I was kind of sitting there. I'm just like, man, I think I owe this guy some props. I and it, and, it, and it hurt, and and I and I didn't have and I didn't have the courage to admit it to you till right now. But I'm so, so
1: what you're saying, then, let's back this up. Let's make sure everybody's hearing this. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that I was right? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
0: It hurts so much. My, my my soul is burning, but yes. I'm a big enough man to admit it. In that case, you were right, and I was wrong. Clay Thompson's still a fantastic two-guard, and I would still take him on most teams. But in that conversation, Jimmy, because he plays defense, he does everything else, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll have to give you those kudos, my friend.
1: I appreciate it, and I I, I want to be a bigger man and not rub it in your face, but yes, in your face. Bah. But no, no, let's be serious though. Seriously though, it's like, and that's the thing. Like Clay has, a, he's outstanding. He's he's head and shoulders, but everyone, every other two guard at one skill. He's a great shooter, but like you know, as far as, there's more to the game than just that, you know. And and even though I guess he's, a, we we see a good defender in Clay. Mm-hmm. The numbers don't really bear that out, and and it hasn't as far as you know the. Uh, defensive uh uh the what they call it the defensive uh regulated plus minus yeah it doesn't them. really bear that out yeah the, so advanced, advanced stats don't bear out how, how, what but anyone who
0: watches is. him and passes that eye test knows he's always in the right spot it's got active well
1: no he's actually been i've noticed a little bit that he's he's he gets he's getting beat a little more back door um he's a little bit he's been inconsistent even i test last season and a half actually i've noticed that like Sure, you see in one-on-one situations, he's going to be- lock down, get a hand in their face. He's not getting just beat, but little things. He's been a little inconsistent last like season and a half. Yeah. Um, but the point is it like ha- ball handling, that's that's a skill. It's a skill that a two guard needs to have. Uh, attacking off the dribble, rebounding, and creating. These his are own things shot. You know, create yeah creating for for other guys and for himself. These are skills that Clay just aren't is not very good at. While Jimmy Butler can do can do that in space. That so are you just saying that? Better. I just
0: uh, 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 so maybe in the same conversation, like, Clay Thompson is just like a souped-up Chris Middleton type player. Then,
1: <laughs> wow, That's you saying that, not me. Uh, uh, I, and, and I'm just also, asking you also,
0: these questions. I like. Also, I'm, trying to, I think, I'm trying to branch out in the discussion.
1: Um, I I say that Chris Middleton is more like uh, a poor man's Jimmy Butler because he also can create a shot a little bit and he creates for others too. He's not better than Klay Thompson cuz Klay is such an elite shooter, but as far as all-around game, he's more Jimmy Butler than Klay Thompson is what I'm saying. So, um it's just it it doesn't really matter, right? Because it's all we're talking degrees of greatness mm-hmm. and Klay is a great fit in Golden State. Now, here's a question I'm going to ask you. We're going to branch off the conversation a little more. Because the discussion was last week, you know, we saw it all over the internet about, you know, the rumors, quote-unquote rumors, which weren't really rumors, about Klay Thompson getting traded. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if there's one player on Golden State that's that you would consider expendable, who would it be? Oh, it
0: has to be Klay Thompson. It has to be. Because if you can bring back talent at that five position and bring back someone who can just knock down threes on a good level, like... They've got such a good system there. Um, I mean, it has to be, Clay. A, his shooting's down when when he's having to defer a little bit more to KD. He's not able to shoot himself out of slumps. B, like you said, his defense is slipping a bit. And, And his shooting and defense, like you said, are his calling cards. He's got really high marks there, kind of pedestrian on others. And I think... They're gonna sink or swim with Draymond Green, and there's part of me that doesn't believe that Draymond Green really likes Klay Thompson. I mean, they don't have to be best friends, but <laughs> I I just don't think that those that those guys play along. And I think you, if you trade Green, I don't know how you make that work again. That, that that's a weird situation. I mean, you'll still have Curry and and K, and KD, but I'm getting rid of Clay, and I'm trying to pull back a legit big and two.
1: Okay, so I'm, let's let's pump the brakes on the shooting down thing because I'm looking right now, and since, uh, November, 11, since November 9th, since November ninth, right, last eight games. What do you think? What do you think, Clay, shooting from three the last eight games? Just give me throw a throw guess out there.
0: Thirty-eight point nine
1: percent. He's shooting forty nine point two percent on eight attempts a game. So let's <laughs> yeah, let's pump the brakes on. He's actually been lights out. Um, he you know you start off slow after the Lakers game they lost. Actually since the, that's the that's the line of demarcation. The Lakers game he went two for ten, and since then even with uh, you know they they beat uh, the Pelicans and he only went two for seven. Mm-hmm. Since that game, since they went two for seven, he's shooting forty nine percent. On seven point nine three attempts a game, and hes had games where he's went five for ten four for ten four for seven, five for eight, so he's he's back he's back. we can't really use a not shooting that well thing anymore.
0: he's back well, I guess it would i my answer would still be the same to your question. It's just he has more perceived value now that he's hot
1: but I'm with you, I'm also with you though because i mean hey Kate, kd can shoot Steph can shoot dre we know can you know shoot a little bit. If you're talking about expendable, it's got to be Clay, right? You, you could you could put a lesser two guard in there and get a, a a rim protector, and I think your your net positive for that team would probably be better. You you'd make your yep. team.
0: I know this trade never happens, but sure. uh, uh, DeAndre Jordan and JJ Redick.
1: Yeah, that would that they it? would that's too much. That's too much for a play like Clay. All right, that's not a fair trade at all. You have you got to throw something else in on, from Golden State side.
0: Yeah, that's tough cuz they kind of killed the cover. Oh, would they t- would they give up um Andre Iguodala cuz I know the Clippers would love him at the 3.
1: So you talk about let's see. Uh, yeah, the problem with that is you just killed all the interior defense for the Clippers, so they would never do that one either.
0: Yeah, no, I get that, but I uh, I don't know if there's a perfect trade cuz Clay it's it, like it's re- it's really depending on 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 how you see it. Like he kind of has to go to a contender more or less and a team that has a shot blocker that is mobile and ideally can shoot that you don't need like you kind of need a Serge Ibaka type guy like like Ibaka and 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 Green would look really good on that team
1: but well I'll say this we know that Ibaka sooner or later is probably going to be on the move either in free agency next summer or Orlando might try to move him because they just stink right now and they don't know what they're doing so um Somehow we got to this point, but so I guess the question is, uh, how many guys? Let's let's before we wrap this up because we're the, the, we're we're at the two minute two minute warning right now. How many guys do you think are more valuable to their team right now than Jimmy Butler?
0: Uh, LeBron James. That's uh, one.
1: Obviously, I think uh, Kevin Durant uh, is two.
0: Anthony Davis, absolutely. But you
1: know what? Hold on, hold on. Let's not even say Kevin Durant because this is no. the same team without Kevin Durant last year. 173 games and let's say even right now replace kevin durant with even a, if KD
0: doesn't play the entire year they make the playoffs
1: well and not even that just replace him with an average small forward some some mm-hmm. uh, i don't know um what's my guy's name uh garrett temple or something you know <laughs> and i think yeah you know, seriously i think they'll still be fine omar in, you know, Caspi kind of
0: guy like whatever yeah i get you. Um,
1: yeah, so 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 I mean, Kevin Durant's valuable and he's awesome on that team. But as far as to that team, how valuable is he? Uh, so right now, i, I, I uh, get maybe he's wrong. on that.
0: Uh, maybe he's on that with maybe Dame Lillard. Maybe that.
1: Um, de- definitely Dame. Right. De- so I think oh. actually look at that team right now. I think Jimmy Butler might be even more valuable because he plays defense. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Oh um, yeah. Uh,
0: you gotta say Kawhi Leonard, absolutely.
1: Kawhi, hands down, Kawhi. Um.
0: Uh, well, I mean, I, 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 like, I hate to say it, but Westbrook, right? Cause like, like if you take him off that team, like they're trash.
1: Exactly. And I, I said this, I feel, I, I, I don't feel sorry for Westbrook cause he's a, he's a millionaire NBA player, but like he's catching a lot of heat right now. I think it's a little unwarranted, but yeah, yeah. Westbrook, and, Harden, uh, Harden's more oh, valuable, yeah, I, yeah. I'd say. But that's probably, that's probably about it, man. It's a very small, uh, if, if you want to try to put John Wall in there, because w- without Wall, that Wizards team is trash, but they're trash with him yeah, too. trash so anyway, really so I'm not giving them that one. Uh, oh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul.
0: Yeah, Blake Griffin brings a lot of value to that team, man.
1: He, he does, but we all know that, that's, and I think that's going to be the curse of the Clippers, is that they, they put the, the franchise on the shoulders of Chris Paul more than Blake Griffin.
0: Yeah, so. no, I feel you there. All right, so he's like, what, in terms of, Importance to his team top 10, we'll call him that.
1: I'd say, yeah, I'd say top 6 or 7, but yeah, I hate agreeing with you so much. I want to yell at you for something, but yeah. Well,
0: well this cool. is why we're going to come back in the second half, because we're definitely not going to agree on these guys, man.
1: Oh, yeah, and we got something else to talk about, too. So, yeah, I get the yell at you about that, too.
0: Yeah, it's um, all, all about having fun. And we're going to catch up with all of this, because we have gone over the 2-minute warning, and we'll catch on the second half of the Away Team podcast with James Hollis and Phil Buelow.
1: What you mean you ain't never heard about the away team? What you mean you ain't never heard about the away team? The away team? And the away team? Those guys, that's the away team. And we're out of the locker room. We're on the second second half of the away team podcast. Oh god. Why, why did we go with pick and pop? Um <laughs> No, nah, man. But you, you brought up a very interesting point, and I might have to let you take it because it it, it pissed me off to talking about it. So we we're talking before the show, and you said you saw an article. What was the article about? Uh,
0: in terms of of free throws. Uh, uh, basically, I I've seen some people talk about the idea of that the NBA would be better if they didn't have to hit free throws. There are a ton of ideas of how to get rid of it in terms of extra possessions extra fouls, there's, I mean, there's no perfect system yet, but when when we look at guys like DeAndre Jordan, we look at guys like Andre Drummond, and I know, you don't want to make it too easy for them, they have to learn the basic skills, but I even think, like, like even if basketball players could all hit free throws at 80%, I still hate free throws, I hate the idea, I, I always found it lazy, so, like some guy going up, like, like as much as I like James, uh, like, like as this one example, i will going toss right back to you. Um, I don't mean to cut you off, but it's no, just like, uh, like, like a guy like James Harden. He goes up and he just flails himself into someone. He knows he's he's going to the line. He drops like 10 free throws a game, and. He's rewarded for that, and that gets people out of the game. Now, I know it's a tactic because it's there, and it's the same thing as when Greg Popovich was you know, uh, getting on the three-point shop. He's like, we're going to use it anyways because it's part of it. I just think free throws are slow down the game, I, I and, and I think it's a weird little isolated play where they're not even really playing basketball. It's just one guy shooting on his own, and I think that's weird.
1: I mean, I guess my thing is, so you think the game would be better at free throws? Yeah, man. I mean, some people think cucumbers taste better when they're not pickled. You know, I mean, what, uh, <laughs> Here's the thing. The the world would be better for me if I could ignore red red uh, red lights and just drive and ignore stop signs. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. That'd be so convenient for me. Except
0: when that's, someone T-bones you. Uh but yes, continue. But, continue.
1: But that my whole that's, I guess my whole point is it doesn't really matter what's like like I two or three guys can't shoot free throws and all of a sudden we're talking about getting away giving get like, getting rid of free throws?
0: No, but I'm not like like and that's why I was trying to make the James Harden comparison there. like.
1: And hey, But even so, like I, I said, again, like James Harden is the extreme. Westbrook can be right there with him too. But for the most part, that's not how guys use free throws. So, like, you're using an extreme case to, to, to make a point. Or how about I get it? I,
0: like at the end of the game, how they hack them and do that. Like I, I, I just think it's then. Weird. Guess what?
1: Make your free throws. No,
0: I get I... that. Look, and I get that it's part of the game, and and I get that it would change the game completely. But but I just think out of all the plays in a given basketball game, it's weird to me that when something happens, some kind of particular foul, now the game stops. Nine of the ten players just stand. It's not there, weird to you because you've been
1: watching basketball for how long, and how long you've been watching people shoot free throws?
0: Years, years. Look, so why is it weird to you? Don't because, don't try because to because make the game stops because you stop. It's been stop, stopping.
1: It's stop been like getting... this.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's a good thing. It, it doesn't mean it's ridiculous. weird. Fine, we, we can use different adjectives, whatever we want to say. But I'm just saying I think that the game would even. Include more of a fandom so, if we just kept it running and didn't have these little iso plays.
1: So what do you want to do? What do you tell me? What if you're driving to the hole to shoot and you get whacked? How what? How do we? How do we verify that? What do you do?
0: I get the possession back again and it's a foul on okay, you. Okay, then
1: and then they foul you again. What they? What do you do? So every time you go to shoot and they foul you, you just get the possession. Is that that's any better?
0: I'm not saying I have the perfect plan. I haven't thought of this that much. There's a lot of stuff out there, but there's ideas of like um of uh i don't know like two fouls if it's really flagrant or something like that but i'm sure you know there, are man, i'm sure they're waiting to
1: balance it out if there's a way to bounce it out you can go watch netball you can go watch the girls play netball if you like because it. it's part it's part of basketball dog it's free throws i mean what do you what do you really want to do next you're gonna so let's just take away three pointers because i I find they're too i find that they, they uh they think they're too cool. What are you doing, dude? Just it's part of the game. So we we spent way too much. Way too much. That's te- I'm, I'm I'm giving you a tech. That's a technical foul. Uh, I'm I'm shooting I'm shooting free throws right now and I'm retaining possession. Ouch. because <laughs> you just yeah you just pissed me off on Thanksgiving. I mean I'm full of I'm full of like good food, stuffing, cranberry, you know all that turkey. I'm down in New Arizona, the you know the the birthplace of the Temecula meme, and you got me pissed off by free throws. Speaking of Thanksgiving, let's let's think. I mean, it's twenty I thought it was the original when I thought of it, but I'm pretty sure there's like 80 articles out right now about what teams should be thankful for. So we're going to jump on the bandwagon. Everyone talk about the teams that should be thankful. Uh, what, what, I'll let you go first. I want you to start first. I'm, I'm still pissed off about the free throws. Give me a team and what they should be thankful for.
0: I'm going to start with um, the Clippers. I'm going to be thankful for uh, their – their team not blowing this team up just yet. I think they're one of the f- most fun teams to watch, as much as I kind of hate them. And I think finally it may pay dividends this year with the teams they're playing against not having real bigs, and them maybe finally being able to punish them inside. Uh, I remember what I was saying about how do you beat Golden State? You get them in foul trouble. You attack them inside. I think they're nimble enough. I think this is one of those weird years where it could happen and i i think this is a this is kind of the last hurrah and like i think if there's ever a chance that clippers are going to win a uh, win a title it's this year and it's all thanks to the persistence of of doc rivers not moving the big 3 even though he had tons of pressure too
1: well i mean the fact that you think that they're fun to watch tells me how much you hate basketball yourself now they're i know they're doing very well but to me they're not they haven't changed much just they get more Ws. They're still they still argue with the refs. They still whine. Chris Paul's still flopping. Uh, they're such an unlikable team to me. <laughs> but they're doing they're doing well, so I, you can't really knock too much. Um, and so that's yeah, great. Be happy. I'm just I, I'm just hoping it's a small sample size thing, and I I, I don't want the Clippers to do well because Chris Paul just pisses me off. Um, I'm gonna just go with Memphis. Memphis is grateful, and they're sending cars to their team doctors because. So far, so good. They're healthy. And uh, Mike Collins looked great. Marc Gasol looked great. He even did that weird wiggle man dance the other day. Hilarious. I love it. I love yeah, it. I- the, the little ne-
0: Where did that guy originate? Because the, cause the first time I saw that was like uh, two weekends ago watching a UFC fight. watching Conor McGregor uh, strut around the octagon doing that. Then I saw Mark Gasol doing that. I was watching a football game today. I saw, was it... Uh, there's a player on uh, on either the Dallas or the other game. They were doing yeah, that. Yeah, so I'm
1: doing. The, he's doing the strut. I saw him yeah, too. Yeah. So, so it's cool, man. I like the the edge they play with. I like the fact. Um, it's funny. I, Memphis has has done an about face to me. They're one of the most unlikable teams a couple years ago, but I think last year's struggles and now I like watching them. So yeah, they're thankful to their team doctors and they're thankful that. Uh, let's also say they're thankful to the bank. That cashes the checks for Mike Conley every day. Cause Mike Conley's been he's been awesome. I don't know if he's been thirty million dollars a year or awesome, but he's been awesome.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of guys making some real coin on that team. And I'm gonna jump on that. Just saying, uh, uh, I'm thankful Vince Carter's still around, and I'm kind of hoping that he...
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't yeah. care about that. We're hey Phil. We don't care about your Canadian thankfulness. We want to know the team.
0: <laughs> I'm just giving you some props there. Uh, the other team I got is uh, we're going east and we're going for the Bucks. I'm I'm thankful that drafting has gone their way. Team like the Bucks it's not exactly a hot, hotbed for free agency. Um, and I'm happy for uh, for guys like Giannis and Thon Maker and guys who could really you know push past what they or, or where their draft projections had them. I mean, uh, the Greg Monroe thing I don't think worked out so well, and uh, uh, Delhi time to uh, to your point, it's not working out so hot, but
1: <laughs> he stinks,
0: I, I've got a nice young core. And I think it only comes from drafting, right? So I'm thankful for the uh, for the system that drives uh, their management.
1: So, do you think that Thon's gonna work out?
0: Um, yeah, man. I I actually really do. I uh, he passes the eye test to me. He moves well. I, I he's gonna get some consistency. He looks a bit deer in the headlights, but that's a rookie or most rookies. Um, I mean, to me, as long as he it, like, if he can grow in any kind of a career uh, trajectory uh, like Giannis did, I mean, obviously that's a lot to ask for. But um, um, I think we're looking at a really interesting modern big. And and look, even if he doesn't, they still have Parker who's looking amazing, and and Middleton will come back, so they got their big, sure. if they got their big three. If Fawn if comes back, it's it's off to the races with that team.
1: All right, yeah. I think uh, I, I don't know. I, we'll see. But you're right. That's they should be thankful because otherwise they you know Chris Milton went down and they actually they're not a very good team right now but Giannis is a lot of fun uh, i'm going to go with the the hawks uh, i think the hawks should be really thankful that they're in atlanta for the simple fact that that brought home the hometown kid dwight howard mm-hmm. dwight's been absolutely outstanding this year um uh, it's funny because people wrote him off after his last kind of you know just kind of under the radar disappointing disappointing years even though per 36 minutes he was i don't think he was that bad either year but now for the Hawks, he's been uh, he's been dynamic, man. He's back to blocking shots and a game-changing kind of defender, and he's rebounding like a madman. He's averaging 13 a game, so it's it's cool to see, man. Uh, I, I weird though. I still watch him, and they just have this weird soullessness to him. And I watch them, you know, lose games they shouldn't lose, and you know, watch the Knicks outwork them. So it's, I
0: still don't it's, believe he loves the game to be honest. Like there's some players who know that that's their meal ticket and they're good at it, and there's other guys who really breathe the game. I I just don't see that from him.
1: I see the opposite. I th- I think he loves to play the game. Some guys are students of the game, and they you know they research and they feel part of something. I think he loves to be out there bouncing around, jumping, blocking shots, and making the crowd ooh and all with stuff. Because I mean, he likes to kind of preen with it, and that's not bad. He he likes to play well, because you can see when he starts to struggle or he's having a bad night, he kind of falls apart and starts you know whining and just doing silly shit. Oh, silly stuff. Yeah, Can't bleep that one out. But um so yeah, I, I think that the the Hawks should be very thankful for uh for for dwight howard and and being in, you know the hometown kid came home Let's and, go.
0: and kind of thankful uh just last one that the other hometown kid uh Josh Smith decided to go to China to, to chuck up all those threes instead of following him to go home because they went to high school together
1: God he's, he Josh Smith is so bad <laughs> so so bad now the other end of the spectrum though there are teams like right, even now that are looking forward to Christmas and they got things on their wish list because sure, you're an NBA player, NBA team, but things could be better. So who you got first? Who you got first at what's what's up on the wish list?
0: Oh, these are like these kids in Christmas, you know, they didn't have like a uh, they didn't have the cool clothes to go to school, now they got this, now they'll finally think they'll be cool if it happens. Um, first team I have actually is uh the New York Knicks. Uh, and my biggest wish for them is for uh, Carmelo Anthony to waive his no trade to allow the rebuild to begin. I think, uh, as much as I love Melo, I think he's just in it for a cash grab at a certain point. He knows his, his his brand is there, and I think it's a bit... I don't even want to call it selfish, because obviously management let him down big time. A lot of their dumb decisions. But uh, they got their guy Chris he, he, he He's once in a many, many years kind of player, uh, you got to let him run. And I think uh, Melo sticking around is not only hurting uh, the Knicks and Christos, but honestly it's hurting his own chances to um, uh, to win a ring. Uh, uh, to me, that and the whole talking about, you know, the cha- world championships, you know, over rings, uh, this is showing me it's, it's more of a business than a passion for him.
1: Yeah, I just – I mean I- – I was kind of with you earlier this season, but after seeing the way Porzingis has been playing, I don't think he's really in the way. It is what it is. I don't think they're going to win much this season either way. If he's eating up
0: 20 seconds of the shot clock, it does matter,
1: though. Yeah, it doesn't really because Porzingis is getting his shots and his touches, too. And that's what really matters. My thing is about developing Porzingis. Even if they had moved uh, Melo this summer for whatever, they weren't going to be a good team this year anyway. Uh, my my initial worries were I saw Rose and Melo taking more shots than Porzingis, and Porzingis getting only like three or four shots. That was my concern. These last couple of weeks have I'm not worried about it because I I see that talent talent's gonna spring eternal with him and he's gonna step forward and, and take rein take the reins no matter what. So mm-hmm. I'm with you though, because I think it would accelerate the the whole process if they can get Melo out of there. So um Great. I'm gonna go uh, with the Pacers. I love Paul George. I love his game. I think if uh, on their wish list is an all-expenses seven-day cruise down to San- uh, the Sandals Resort because they need to work on their chemistry. They need to come together somehow and get all on the same page and actually play like they like each other. That's my thing with them. Um, the fact that, that that's why I really was disappointed when I saw OKC lose to them because that team's been a mess uh, on, you know, on the court, and it's not even talent-wise. It's just been a mess. So to, to let them come and, and beat you without Paul George is – it's inexcusable. So, uh, yeah, the, the Pacers just somehow they, – they need a, a chemistry coach. They need a – maybe I'll say, you know, five counseling sessions with a family therapist or something because they, 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 got, they got together. I don't think Paul George is very happy with the way things are right now, and that's it's sad for me to see because I love his game.
0: Oh, no, and I wouldn't be happy either. You guys need to hold hands sing Kumbaya. But the thing is, I mean, uh, losing your point guard and starting center before the, before the start of the year and putting a guy who barely has any experience, as good as he is in Turner – and, and, and giving Ellis, I mean, there's just so much new on that team. Uh, these guys, need, exactly like you said, just need to gel. Um, a team, uh, Another team I thought is actually the Lakers, and this is going to be a weird one. Um, they have to hope that they actually fall out of the playoff seat that they're in now, and somehow, so this is a two-part wish list because uh, they're the Lakers, and, and they get all the money. Two-part. So first is they actually land in the bottom two, come draft time so they don't have to pass that that draft pick over to the 76ers and they get to add that last key piece and B or number 2, Brandon Ingram somehow um, uh, 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 finds whatever he likes and starts eating 10,000 calories a day and puts on 20 more pounds because the only thing holding this kid back in my mind is weight in a big way
1: Kevin Durant was a buck buck 25 his his first 5 years it's not about weight; it's about game. They're taking it slow with that kid. Uh,
0: look, I'm giving him compass. I think he's got a game. I just wish it's it. It's not like I didn't wish that KD had weight too. Look, I'm saying he can still do it, but but look, Ingram is skinnier now than than KD was his first year. I gotta pull up some uh, pictures. and his first and that, his one bro. year college. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we'll have to agree or disagree till we find the pictures and uh, throw them up there. But, um. I just need some weight there and and I just need that uh that team to tank. Uh and obviously with Russell getting hurt, it's gonna hurt. But um the the coach needs to learn, the players need to learn and they need to be eating some buddy burgers together.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm with you about the the Lakers. Um I don't I don't know. I, I think the the Chips now need to fall where they may. I think the piece is already there and yeah, it would suck to give that pick up and that was just a silly trade, but um, and because I'm a Celtics fan, I hope they have to give it up, and so I can laugh. But uh, no matter what, I, I have to begrudgingly give them their respect. I think that all they need now is time to gel. Um, and for me, I think I'm gonna go with Portland because Portland right now is looking and searching. They want to see what the return policy is, and they're looking for their receipts. <laughs> so if they, they're on their wish list is uh, is is a, a revamped return policy on on their signings, because you know. I, I get it. I get the reasoning behind it. But I said at the time too, you don't give a player like Evan Turner all that money, especially on a team where you know. A team I wouldn't return on all of them. Late, late.
0: And, like I think a few of those signings were were decent.
1: I'm not even mad at that because we talked about the Allen Crabb signing before. I think the problem is he's splitting time with Evan Turner. You know, so, so the Harkless, there's
0: line. a Zeely. They spent a lot of money this offseason.
1: The only real one is – Evan Turner, I think, is the linchpin for everything bad going on with that team. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're supposed to take a big step forward. I think right now they're like 7-6. and six. They're just not really playing well. Um, yeah, they're just – they don't look very good, even if, with the numbers that Damon and CJ are putting up. And that's the, what you needed, right? The one-two punch and a bunch of role players. I think that one role player who's like, you know, has is one of the, the worst players in the league as, with, as, as far as the uh, – the regulated plus minus and as far as uh, his net net on off ratings that's evan Turner he's just terrible oh. he's just not a good player i get it uh let's let's give more kudos to uh brad Stevens in Boston because he made him look like a good player he made him look like a, a a viable NBA player he's just not he's just not a very good player so and I think the yeah, and he was drafted
0: it. I think number two overall wasn't he back in the For sure
1: yeah, it was a bad draft. It was an ugly draft, and he got picked number two, and ever he's never go, he was never going to live up to that. We saw that almost immediately in Philly. So, yeah, I think them and Minnesota are both looking for time machines. Uh, they want to go back to before they made those signings, and Minnesota wants to go forward a couple of years to when they're actually good, and so people aren't riding them because I say this again too. I, I'm not tooting my own horn because I think a lot of people say this too. They're a young team. This is not the year they take off, and everybody was was you know projecting Minnesota, oh, playoff team, top five seed. That doesn't make any sense. They're a young team, and we're seeing it right now, you know. So they were unfairly burdened with expe- expectations, and I think they would like to go forward in time to the time when they actually are good. So say, like, all right, now let's let's roll with this.
0: And I think that's going to be a really scary time for a lot of teams in the NBA, because I think about that same time frame, we're seeing the Bucks in the East do that same kind of ascension with theirs, because because uh, their kids are about the same age.
1: And don't forget, at the same time, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, like, say, two, three seasons from now, they're all going to be coalescing and just getting better. Philly's going to be really good pretty soon, I think.
0: So, yeah, as long as those boys can stay healthy and uh, and take care of their feet because their feet seem to be the – yeah, it's true. If they can trade away uh, uh, Noel or Embiid and really balance – or, sorry, Oakford and really balance that out. There's a lot to be thankful for in the NBA and uh, – I'm sure come trade deadline, a lot of teams will be getting some presents for better or for worse. And, uh, hey, uh, you know what? If someone signed uh, Evan Turner, maybe someone will trade for Evan Turner. There's there's some dumb teams Shit. in the NBA.
1: And, hey. Uh, so, let me ask you. Hey, let me ask you. So, give me your one surprise team so far, good or bad.
0: Um, Really good or bad. It, Man, it's got to be um, – I, I hate to say it, but it's the Bobcats. I, I – I, I, I just hate how the team is constructed, but I'm, wow. but, 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 uh, you mean uh, the Hornets? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, the Hornets, but, but speaking uh, to you and Justin enough, I, 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 I've been sold. I, I, I just don't like the team, but I get why they win. <laughs>
1: That's cool that you can admit that. That's cool. Uh, I, I gotta go with, uh, the Oak Thunder, man. I've been, you know, Russell Westbrook's my guy and I, I've been watching these guys, you know, almost more than I've watched the Celtics the last couple of years, because Celtics were almost unwatchable to me. Uh, but I, I I thought that they'd be a little better already and uh, they've lost now to Detroit without, um, without Drummond and, and Reggie Jackson lost to the Lakers without D'Angelo. And they lost to that, that terrible Orlando team. It's, it's, those are unacceptable, man. So I'm starting to come around. People were saying they're going to miss the playoffs. And I thought, Psh, you got Russell Westbrook. one's going to miss the playoffs. I'm starting to come around and just thinking maybe they're just not a very good team. And it's early. And I've seen some signs that there are things that could get better and they might get better. But as of right now, I have to say they've been surprisingly bad in my eyes.
0: Yeah. And if there's any team that could use a trade come trade deadline, I think they're one of them. And man, if they could. Okay. Uh, you're speaking of undoing trades. Oh, that this is the last thought. If they could drop it right now, do they undo that Ibaka trade?
1: Um, I still say no. Uh, I think Ibaka's been – I mean, I think uh, Oladipo's been decent for them. It's just that, again, even with the Ibaka, is the same as Oladipo. They're third options. They're meant to be played with two other really good players. And right now, Oladipo only has one good player in front of him. He's being forced to be that second kind of option. Right now, we're seeing Ibaka – I mean, look at he, – sure, he had, he had a great game against OKC, but – Overall, he's been very un- underwhelming in uh, in Orlando, so I, I I think they're fine with the trade, no matter what. I mean, I'd rather trade. I, I I think they'd rather pay Oladipo twenty million for the next you know three or four years than pay you know uh, Ibaka and his declining his declining statistical output for that much money. So I, I don't think so. I think it's I think Oladipo's actually been, he's not he's not been the problem. He hasn't been the solution, but he hasn't been the problem either.
0: Okay and then a fictitious Phil world would you still say no to that if i could guarantee a canter for crab trade
1: Say no to what the ibaka trade Yeah if you do no, no that So if like if they can get crab back you saying if they can get crab cra- would they want ibaka
0: Yeah so now they're sitting no. with uh, with Russ, crab ibaka and Adams, and no. and, and Robertson at the 3
1: No i don't think so Interesting because that, then that's even worse i think they're even worse than they are now for the simple fact that, again, you have a bunch of role players, the guys who are meant to play with, you know, two or three good, good, like yeah. really good superstars. And there's missing And you only have guy. one superstar. Yes, and it so now you're for it forces everybody out of their comfort zone. And Russ tries his best to do everything, like you know, to, hey, I'm a single parent, I'm doing everything that both parents would do. He tries his best, and the numbers show it. You know, he's averaging like 30, 11, 11 in the last seven or eight games, some nonsense. But they're losing. They're they're not. You know, they're they're not getting wins, and it's not on Russ. It's on the team construct. And sure, we can look at the last minute plays Russ makes and say that's why they lost the game. Well, that's not why they lost the game. It's when, if in time Russ sits, the team go, turns to the dumpster fire. So well, well no, for sure, know.
0: because if if he's being forced to make that play last second, it means they didn't play well enough to get them to the point where he could avoid doing that, right?
1: Exactly. That's what, that's the point I'm trying to make. with people are. People are trying to find ways to, you know, blame Westbrook, and it's kind of it's kind of sad because I mean, it is what it is, right? The oh, guy. Yeah. Oh,
0: well, not- this is NBA fandom, right? People are always hating on the best players. I mean, ever since LeBron James came in, people are hating on this guy. Ever since, you know, this is this is the never-ending story of of if he's not your guy or if he's not bringing rings, they're gonna bring hate.
1: Well, I'll say this. I'm thankful we get to watch Russell Westbrook play. Uh, And I'm thankful for this podcast, man. thankful to have you on with me.
0: Yeah. Always a pleasure, man. And, uh, yeah, thankful for all you guys listening out there. And uh, we'll keep bringing you more. And, as always, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, put that in the description. J. Holis Hoops for Mr. James and at Sporting Phil for myself. I'll keep the conversation going. And uh, if you guys liked uh, the content we had last show where we were answering some fan questions, we'll make sure to uh, do that again soon because it's uh, some good curveballs coming our way. So from James, myself, I want to say thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next time.
1: Gobble, gobble, gobble.